So I dropped a bombshell over on social media the other day. You may or may not have seen it over on my Facebook page or my Instagram stories. But yes, the rumors are true. We are indeed selling the soda fountain. We don't have a buyer yet, but we have listed it and it's generating quite a bit of interest. And I've also had a lot of questions because I know it comes as a shock for a lot of people. So I figured the easiest way to explain our thought processes and um, our plans and what we have coming next would be to record a podcast episode about it today. So whether or not you own a soda fountain or want to own a restaurant or are in business or have a homestead, there's going to be some good takeaways for you in this episode in regards to taking on projects, knowing when to step away from projects, and all of that good stuff. So buckle up. It's going to be good. Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the show where we explore what we have left behind as we have raced towards progress as a culture. And my favorite part, of course, is not only looking at what we've left behind, but figuring out how we can get the good stuff back. I'm your host, Joe Winger. I have been homesteading out here on the wide open prairies of Wyoming since about 2008. Yes, before homesteading was trendy or cool or whatever it is now. And I love teaching old fashioned skills to modern people just like you. So today's episode is a little bit different. It's not a strictly homestead topic, although we have lots of those coming up in future episodes. Um, it's more of a personal storytelling, if you will. I know a lot of you have been very much invested in the story of the soda fountain. And if you aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, you can find that in previous episodes. Um, I've met a lot of you through the soda fountain. It's been an absolute joy over the last three years to have so many of you swing by when you're in Southeast East Wyoming. Um, often you catch me when I'm in the kitchen or, kitchen or I'm running around. So it's been a blast. And uh, a lot of you now know its story, which is amazing. And I'm so honored that so many of you have taken such an interest in it. So I know that our announcement that we were listing it for sale would come as a shock. It did come as a shock. Um, and I really think that I owe you guys an explanation. So I wanted to kind of bring you along for the thought process today. So just first things first, when Christian and I purchased the soda fountain back in 2021, we knew we wouldn't keep it forever. So I just want to give you guys a little bit of a kind of bird's eye view, um, an overview of where our minds were at. We knew it needed help. We knew it needed major renovations. Let's face it, it needed a kitchen. It didn't have one of those. Pretty hard to have a restaurant without a kitchen, but somehow they were doing it. Um, and I just felt so drawn to its history uh, and its traditions. And I'm like, it needs somebody who can champion it and make sure it lasts another hundred years. It's been in existence since 1914. It's Wyoming's oldest operating soda fountain. And I'm like, it just needs a little help. It was crumbling. It was falling apart. So that's why we felt really drawn to the project. And as many of you know, you follow me online on socials and here on the podcast. It's been a heck of a project. Um, a formidable one to be sure. It took a ton of renovation. It took us about a year and a half to get it to where it is now. We basically had to gut and revamp almost every single part. It was one of those projects where the deeper you got into the bones, you're like, oh yeah, that can't stay. Or, oh yeah, that's not great. So, I mean, every inch of that building has been revamped, rewired, replumbed, <laughs> repainted, um, new floors, new ceilings, new walls. It's just, it just took a lot of work, about a year and a half. And we stayed open during that whole time, which was 
a whole thing to try to keep running a restaurant during the middle of construction chaos. Definitely difficult, but it's done now. It's running. Um, we have our systems and procedures flowing. We have a team. We have a manager. And so it's going smoothly, right? We, we, I kind of feel like we completed phase one of the Soda Fountain project, which was to ensure it would last another 100 years, stabilize the building, make it pretty, make it special, and get the systems and the recipes and the team solid and functioning. Like that was phase one. So, I mean, I hate to say we completed that because I feel like completion is kind of a, a vague, uh, unattainable concept. But we, we achieved the majority of that goal um, at the end of last year, 2023. And so Christian and I were kind of looking at each other for a while. We had been contemplating this for a little bit. And we're like faced with this decision. You know, do we continue on with phase two? of the Soda Fountain Project, which we see as, you know, really expanding its reach, a ton more marketing, um, getting its name out in a greater way in Southeast Wyoming and beyond. And just, we have a whole, whole bunch of plans that we were going to put into place. And we're like, are we the ones for phase two? Or do we need to let someone else take the reins for that next phase of the process? And we, I would say agonized over that for many, many months. Like this was not a flash in the pan decision. <laughs> by any means. We thought about it. I'm like, okay, how can I keep it running in the background? Like I'm not there every day. Most of you know that. Um, some people assume I'm there flipping hamburgers. I'm not. We have a team. I have a manager who helps with the day-to-day -day operations, but uh, it still takes a considerable amount of brain power and decision-making. Um, I think a lot about that term decision fatigue <laughs> that entrepreneurs or, or people like that discuss where you literally the human brain just can't make nonstop decisions all day, we have to limit that. And I have often felt decision fatigue, even though I'm not actively there day to day, there's just a lot of things to address, right? Um, that's the nature of restaurants, that's the nature of business. So we were discussing, we were agonizing over, agonizing over this. And ultimately, our answer came when we read this book. If you're not watching on video, I'm holding up uh, 10x is easier than 2x. And it's by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Ben Hardy. I've referenced it a couple times this year in the podcast and in my emails. I love this book. This is one of those books that will go down as a top 10, I think, in, as a life-changing book for me. So Christian and I both read this and we, we kind of got our answer as we were reading it. Um, in essence, this whole idea of 10xing something, because this was kind of a concept I hadn't been super familiar with before I read this book. I've been vaguely aware of it. But in the book, Ben Hardy and Dan Sullivan explained that basically, in a nutshell, going for 10 times improvement in something is actually a better way to get where you want to be than just taking incremental baby steps. Now, at first blush, I feel like that's really counterintuitive for people. And I mean, when I first heard it, I'm like, I almost kind of was bristly. And I was like, no, baby steps are magic. Baby steps are where it's at. And I'm not dogging on baby steps per se. But this book is written for the entrepreneur brain, the high achiever brain, the type A brain, the driven brain. And so it's talking to those people who, you know, tend to dip into that crazy obsession style of living, which I definitely fall into that category. And they're like, if you really want to become world class at something, you want to be the best at something, you can do that by going all in, all in, instead of just expecting a two or 3% improvement year after year, right? Again, baby steps have merit, but if you want to be the best and we look at the people who've become the best at what they do, it takes almost this life-changing focus and this life-changing product project to get there.
So that's the premise of the book. It's so good. But there's a catch to that, right? The catch is you cannot 10x everything in your life at once. And in order to be able to apply these principles into the part of your life where you really feel like, you know, you're ready to blow this part up in a good way, expand it and grow it in a good way, you have to be able to say no and prune things in your life that are good, like good things, but they're not going to be in alignment with where you're ultimately heading. And so I read that in the book and I ruminated on that and I sat with it. And Christian read it and sat with it and we knew what we needed to do. We just didn't want to do it because it was kind of scary and uncomfortable. And we knew that people would not understand. And so, you know, as we're looking at the trajectory of where we ultimately want to end up with our businesses and our homestead and just life in general, um, we have a clear path for that. But we're going to have to get brutally honest with our pruning processes in order to get there. And having five different businesses like we have created over the last, you know, four or five years is hampering us in a sense. And all our businesses are good. Um, none of them are bad. They're profitable. They're moving. They're, they're, they're growing, but we can't run all of them to the level we want to run them. And so that's where Christian and I are going, okay, we're going to have to cut some good things out in order to make room for the great. And that's where it gets painful, right? Ben writes in the book, here's another quote. He says, going 10X means your attention is directly on far less, but it's insanely more potent and impactful before it's focused. I think I wrote that wrong, but it's insanely more potent and impactful when it's focused rather than spread thin, okay? So Christian and I have definitely been the definition of spread thin over the past few years. And so... We're feeling called, and you heard me talk about this at the first episode of this season, 2024. Streamline is my word of the year. Christian and I have taken a shotgun approach to life. I don't regret it. I don't. We said yes to things that were in weird little time windows that if we were going to say yes, they had to be said yes to at that point in time. And I don't regret that. Um, I think there's a time for that. But we've taken that shotgun approach, throwing spaghetti at the wall, if you will. And we're both feeling deeply, deeply called to go into a season of major pruning, saying no, and getting very laser focused on just a handful of things. So when I look at where I want to end up, I love the soda fountain. It's a good thing, but it needs someone who can just be there a lot and baby it. It needs someone who can let that soda fountain be its primary focus. And with where I'm at in my other businesses and with having kids right now, um, I'm not able to be that person. And I feel like I'm hamstringing the growth of the soda fountain a little by trying to multitask too much. And so when Christian and I had that conversation, we're like, okay, there's our answer. It's time to list it. So it's, it's a weird dynamic. It's very bittersweet because it's running well right now, right? We're getting good traffic. Numbers are up. Pe customers are up. Um, we've in implemented weekly dinner nights and um, things are flowing and nothing's wrong with it, right? It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to escape it or ditch it or, or um, anything like that. It's a good thing. It's a good business. I'm proud of it. I still enjoy going in there, but... I can't do, you know, five things at the same time. So I told you at the beginning of the year, our, my streamline goal was going to cause us to take some drastic measures. And that's one of them. Um, so yeah, 
that is in a nutshell <laughs> why we're selling it. Um, I just feel like it has so much untapped potential and it needs somebody to really champion it at phase two and beyond. So I'm sharing this today partially just to let you in on this process of what it looks like when you step away from something, what it looks like to decide to 10x some areas of your life and then subsequently prune others. Uh, and also, I have an inkling that there could be someone in the audience that is interested in owning something like the Soda Fountain. Um, whether you move to the area or you already live in the area, it's a sweet gig. Uh, for if I, I see it as for someone who is newly retired, someone who is passionate about food, I think with the right owner operator, it could expand even more than it already is. So um, just a little description here for anyone who is listening and potentially interested. And then I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of how we can figure out what we want to keep in our lives moving forward and what we want to prune, because I feel like that's really applicable to homesteading uh, as well. A lot of the things we have in our homestead, but just a high level view of what the soda fountain is and what it includes. We're selling it as a whole, whole package. It's real estate, which is eight city lots and the business itself, the business entity. We just had the real estate appraised um, the building. It came in at great appraisal and it includes the business entity as well. Um, like I said, it is profitable. It's fully operational. You don't have to have restaurant experience because I have literal binders of standard operating procedures and systems and all the recipes. So it's plug and play. You roll in and off you go. Um, we're also willing to help the new owner transition into it. If they want us to, we're not going to just hand the keys over and be like, see ya. We want to make sure it's the right person and that they feel comfortable taking the reins again, as much as they need help. Maybe they don't want us to help them, but we're available at, to make that transition as smooth as possible. Um, it is located in Southeast Wyoming, uh, down in the corner of the state. It's right off a major interstate. So there's a ton of traffic potential and anyone who's interested, I have a complete document with growth strategies outlined and you get access to that and we can discuss there. So um, if you want to check out more, I'm going to drop the website with the sale page down in the comments. It's chugwatersodafountain.com slash for sale. Uh, you can see the full descriptions and some of the numbers and all that. And I'm happy to answer any other questions by email too. So that's the scoop if, in case you know of someone who's in the mood to go start a new adventure in restaurants in a small town. Uh, I think it's just a fun little business. It's just a blast. Um, it has small town character and charm. You know, it's not a franchise. And we get so many people from back East coming in. They're like, these places don't exist anymore. Where, you know, you know, the locals on a first name basis and you have the coffee guys who come in every morning and it's just that down home feel. And it's so rare and it's so special. And I want to make sure it goes to the right person. So there it is. If you have questions, feel free to email um, if you're interested and we'll go from there. But how do you decide what to let go and what to keep? And I think that's the question that is important for entrepreneurs like me, multifaceted entrepreneurs, but also homesteaders. Because by nature, homesteading is also very multifaceted. And most homesteaders I know, especially those who are fairly new in um, the lifestyle, 
we tend to definitely take the shotgun approach. I know I did, and I see it happening with lots of younger, not, not, not younger in age, but just younger in experience level, but newer homesteaders on social media and people I know just on the periphery, right? There's this um, excitement that comes, which is so good. It's wonderful, but it makes us think we need to have every single piece or dip our hands in a little bit of everything in order to qualify as a homesteader or someone living an old-fashioned life. And I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, right? Because you have to try things in order to figure out what really resonates with you. Um, and you have to dip your fingers in different things. And sometimes when I have done that and I have said yes to various things, I've been really surprised at the things that lit me up and the things that didn't, right? You know, we've tried goats. We've tried different milk cows and different numbers of milk cows and different vegetables and different garden techniques and um, different types of poultry. And we, I mean, we've tried a lot of different things. And what I see, it's this really wonderful kind of maturing that happens as you grow into your homestead lifestyle is that you start to realize, okay, I don't have to do all of it. I have permission. I'm giving myself permission to just keep the things that really create that um, impact that I'm going for. In this book, the 10X book, a big piece of this idea is using the Pareto principle. And I think we've talked about it here on the show before, but I love the Pareto principle. It's also called the 80-20 rule. Um, but it's where we get really clear on what actions in our life are yielding the results that we are after, right? And the, the initial um, principle was discovered by an Italian economist named Villafrido Pareto. And he discovered it in his garden. So I feel like this is totally a homesteader <laughs> friendly principle. But he discovered that when he was looking at the pea plants in his garden, that 80% of his harvest, his peas came from only 20% of his pea pods, right? So that principle, he, he started looking at it and examining it. And he started to realize that applies to everywhere, everywhere in everything, groups of people and economics and wealth distribution. And it's absolutely fascinating, right? So we can look at it, you know, um, in organizations, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I'm sure if you guys have ever been a part of a group, you know, that's true. When we look at, um, like even at the soda fountain, we have a huge list of uh, milkshake flavors, 20% of those flavors make up 80% of our sales. It's true in wealth distribution. It's even true in crime. They found that 20% of criminals equate to about 80% of crimes committed. And it's not always like perfectly 80-20. Sometimes it's, you know, 70-30 or 10 and 90. But there's that distribution where you can start to connect the action with the result. And it's that inverse relationship. And so when we're looking at our homesteads, our lives, our businesses, our schedules, we can start to go, okay, what are the results I'm after? And are all of these things I'm doing, all these animals I'm keeping, all these vegetables I'm growing, are they actually contributing to the results over on this side or are they just extra? Are they part of that 80% that's really not um, producing anything. And so as I've chewed on this principle so much over the years, and I'm always thinking about how I can apply it into my homestead and my businesses, you know, it's really crucial. And it gives us permission to let go of the things that are good, but they're not producing the results. And that's the key, I think, is that um, 
sometimes it's easy to say no to the things we don't want to do. But I've learned over the years that we have to often also say no to the things we kind of want to do, but they're not going to produce those results, right? And so that was my ultimate conclusion when Chris and I are looking at where we want to end up in 10 years and what we want to create are all of these businesses that we're running and managing and that they're causing us to run around like chickens with our head cut off, are all of them creating the results that get us closer to where we want to be? No. And you can also ask that around your homestead too. Okay. So that's my challenge for you today is start getting crystal clear about what's giving you the results you are after. And then once you determine it takes a lot of honesty, right? It takes some painful honesty inside of yourself to get to that point I have found, at least in my experience. And then once you identify those things, having the, the courage to say no to them, to opt out of them. And I think that's the part, definitely, well, not I think, I know that's the hardest part. You know, I, I've read so many books over the years and listened to so many mentors and coaches talk about, you just got to say no. You know, we see the tweets and the pithy little statements about just say no, just say no, just clear out your schedule. And that's great advice. It's awesome advice. But what oftentimes is not communicated in those pithy little uh, catchy quotes is that saying no isn't always fun. Like there are times when I say no to things and I instantly feel relief that I, you know, I don't have that thing on my plate anymore. But the thing that's probably been the hardest on me is I am a recovering people pleaser. And when you say no to things, it disappoints people. They are disappointed in you, whether they have a right to be or not. Um, they are. And, you know, even in the last month, I've said no to multiple speaking opportunities, multiple travel things that were good, but just didn't align. I knew they would ca cause chaos in my schedule. And every single time I sent the polite, no, thank you email, I could tell the person was disappointed. And I don't like disappointing people. So you've got to be willing to <laughs> be a disappointment in order to get crystal clear on what you're really after. Um, the other piece, that I've talked about before here, and I'm going to talk about it again, is humans don't like change. That means the humans around you, the humans in your circles, will not like it when you change. They will not. It is human nature. And I don't care if the change is when you're going from conventional person to homesteader, or if you're a homesteader and you're running in homestead circles and you decide to live slightly different than the rest of those homesteaders. Like people don't handle change well, even good change. And so you have to be ready to just shine it on, right? When we announced the Soda Fountain um, news a couple weeks ago, it was the, the responses were so funny. Um, and don't get me wrong, we had a lot of we have a lot of support, like a ton of support, but I had people angry about it. I had people um, one one Instagram message in particular was this woman, I don't know her from Adam, she just follows me online. Um, she was like, you suck. And I'm like, okay. And then she went on to just like rail on me about how, you know, a real homesteader would keep the business and uh, this and that, and how I'm a horrible person. And I'm like, you, you've never been to the soda fountain. You don't know the story. And I, I was giggling as I read her message. Cause I'm like, when we bought the soda fountain, I had several people say real homesteaders don't own restaurants. Real homesteaders don't have businesses in town. And I'm like, wow, it's a exercise in really, truly learning not to care what people think because they literally, the, uh, the voices from the cheap seats, uh, the voices from the bleachers literally contradict themselves. And so if you're waiting for them to tell you what to do, there's no clear path because it's, it's just funny after a while. So 
People don't like change. Don't let that limit your ability to prune and subsequently grow. Just shine it on, right? I've said it before. Be your own cheerleader. As you are getting into homesteading, as you are shifting your homestead focus, as you are starting businesses, um, people are going to have so many things to say. Just don't listen. Tune it out. Good and bad. Uh, I love this other quote from the book that Dr. Ben Hardy writes. He says, the great human bottleneck is attention. The great human bottleneck is attention. And that's something I have been thinking on a lot. I, I was reading another book on, on uh, time management and they were like, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe Tim Grover. Can't remember. Anyway, um, he, it was something along the lines of you don't manage your time. You manage your focus. And that's why streamline continues to be my word of the year. I realize that my focus and my attention is the most valuable thing I have. And when I put my focus and intention on something intently, it grows in a really big way. I have that power. I have that ability. And so do you. So my challenge today in this semi-rambly episode about soda fountains and life <laughs> is number one, where are you spending the majority of your focus and your attention? Because what you focus on will grow good and bad, right? If you're focusing on social media consumption, well, that's what's going to consume the majority of your time. If you're focusing on your homestead, that's what will grow. If you focus on your children, that's what will grow. So remember, you, you have a limited finite amount of focus as a human. Our brains don't multitask as well as we think they do. I know I'd like to think that I'm a great multitasker, but in reality, it's really not how our brains are wired. So Think about where you're putting your focus and think about how you can refine it. So it doesn't, your attention doesn't become a bottleneck on the things you really want to achieve and accomplish around your homestead or your life or your businesses or, or whatever. And then my other challenge for you today is, um, don't be one of those people who freaks out over change. Uh, especially if you have friends or family, just be someone who can sit with change, who can understand that we have a human aversion to it. You can feel that, oh no, it's changing. And then you can go, no, this is a good thing. I can look at this objectively. I can analyze this and I can be supportive. I know it's so hard to be around those people. And I'm around a lot of them who just can't handle that idea of change. And so don't be that person. Be the, the person who's a little higher thinking, who can acknowledge the good that comes in change because change is inevitable in life. It's always going to be there. So there you have it, friends. I hope that was interesting. I hope that was helpful. Get this book, y'all. I don't know, Ben. I'd like to have him on the show. 10X is easier than 2X. It is so good if you are uh, business-minded, if you have big goals, if you're trying to achieve something crazy. Um, so good. And if you are interested in learning more about the Soda Fountain business opportunity, um, you think you might be the person for the job, you can check that out over at Tugwater sodafountain.com slash for sale. And I'll drop that link down in the show notes as well. So there you go. Little shorter episode today. Um, yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the Soda Fountain adventure over the last three years and coming in and um, saying hello and ordering milkshakes. It's been so fun to have that as a point to meet you guys and know that whoever it goes to, whoever ends up with it, I'm not ditching it. I'll still be present in the soda fountain, going there, checking in. I'm still very much a part of the community. Oh, we are not moving, by the way. I've had a couple people ask that. We're not moving. We're not leaving Chugwater. We're staying involved in the community. Um, all of those things. We're not ditching and running by any means. We're just sharing the the experiences here with, with someone else and hoping, hoping the right people come along to help run that while we're working on some other things. So 
Thanks for being here, friends. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. <laughs>